You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello, this is Rick Franzi, host of Critical Mass Coast to Coast, and it is Thursday, so that means it must be 3 p.m. here on the West Coast and different times around the world. We're broadcasting live from Internet Radio Station OC, talkradio.net, state-of-the-art studios here in Costa Mesa, California. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening live during our broadcast times. Critical Mass Coast to Coast radio show is brought to you through our partnership with Critical Mass for Business and Renaissance Executive Forums business owners in select markets across North and South America. Executive Forums is an international organization committed to helping members take their businesses to the next level. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, Decision Toolbox, Vanguard University, and The Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better and more informed business decisions. We do that by interviewing thought leaders and business executives from across the country who have experiences that you, as a middle market CEO, can learn from. And I think that's certainly going to be the case today. We have one guest today, Conrad Netting, who is president of his firm Netting and Pace CPAs Incorporated. Conrad, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's terrific to be with you today. I'm going to start this simply by asking Conrad if you could do our guests a favor and give us a short background on you. You know, what did you do prior to starting your own CPA firm? Sure, be glad to. We, uh, I've been a CPA for since all my career. Began with a big, what was then a big eight accounting firm, Ernst and Ernst. Uh, did my kind of tour of duty there for six or eight years, and uh, rather than um, get transferred out of my hometown, I decided to uh, open my own firm. So that was in 1975. Uh, it was a pure CPA firm at that time. Now it is um, much more of a family wealth management firm, although we do have CPAs and CFP and so forth on staff. Uh, so we're we're just uh, we're a CPA firm that decided to go in a little different direction. And when you say I decided not to leave my hometown, I take it that means your hometown is San Antonio. That's correct. Yes. I can see why you wouldn't want to leave San Antonio. Well, it's beautiful here today, that's for sure. Uh, it's one of my favorite spots in Texas. I think if I had to choose between where I would live to live in Texas, it would be San Antonio or Austin. I would have to visit both for a little bit longer to make that decision, but I've kind of ruled out the rest of the state and narrowed it down to those well, two those two cities. They're only uh, 80 miles apart, so you, you could have a one foot in each city and not be too bad, too far off. Maybe I'll get a cabin in between, and then I can have the best yeah, of both of the cities. Right. Yeah, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful place. If you listening to the show today, because we beam this thing on the internet around the world, really, and a lot of people from North America, and now we're building up uh, Central and South America listening. If you get to the United States, if you don't live here, I would say a vacation spot is to at least see San Antonio for some period of time. You have a very nice tourist industry there as well, don't you? Yes, it's a very big industry for us. Uh, we're blessed with a lot of uh, good climate, of course. Uh, the uh, famous River Walk uh, winds its way through downtown, uh, which produces, uh, which actually uh, a lot of tourists like. And of course, our famous Alamo. Uh, you can say Alamo to just about anybody, and they'll probably know a little bit about that story, and maybe, maybe even uh, want to come see it. 
You know, I, I know this is a business-oriented talk show, so ladies and gentlemen, bear with me for one more indulgence. The I was surprised when I toured the Alamo at how at its size. I had envisioned, for whatever reason, in my mind's eye, I had a much larger building than yeah. than what it truly is. Yeah, it's a modest-sized building, probably not more than two stories tall. But, uh, of course, all the original um, walls are gone. The fort walls are gone. But uh, but the, what remains is still um, still spine-chingling. You, you just kind of uh, look at it and realize what happened there with all those men just, as we all know, drew a, drew a line in the sand and said, we will defend this space. And uh, it was uh, probably certain death, and they knew it, and that's, in fact, what happened. But it uh, resulted in the independence of Texas from Mexico, and then uh, eight or nine years later, uh, Texas becoming a state. You know, that's a good launching point to get back into the business conversation. And one of the questions that I'd like to ask you, Conrad, is of all the things that you've learned in your business career and now leading your firm for several decades, do you have a guiding principle, you know, kind of an overarching belief system that you apply to your leadership and management of your firm? Um, I guess I do, uh, and that is, number one, take care of your clients, and number two, take care of your employees. Uh, I think if you take care of, of those two groups, um, you can pretty much expect uh, things to go well, uh, clients to begin to trust you, employees to respect you, and for um, the, the, the result is that everybody uh, profits. Have you ever had a time over the span of your career where those two principles came into conflict with each other, where taking care of your employees and taking care of your clients felt that for a moment they were at odds because of a specific situation or something? Well, no, not in a not in a serious way. I guess, of course, there's there's always some disappointments along the way on both sides. Uh, clients will um, either leave or feel like they were mistreated somehow by an employee, and the employee says, "No, you know that wasn't my problem." Um, and so we we try to work that out. Uh, but we have uh, what's called, I guess, in many other places too, the Nordstrom philosophy. And the Nordstrom philosophy is, if you've ever been in a Nordstrom store, is you go in and somebody begins to help you, and then they stay with you as long as you're there. So when a client comes in, we have some uh, small team of people, probably two or three, who are um, who are in charge of that client, no matter what service they want. And we offer all kinds of different services. So um, even though we are branching into tax or estate planning or financial planning, uh, education planning, um, we uh, have a team that can help that client, uh, you know, from soup to nuts. There's there's no uh, there's no handing it off to anybody else. Did you start your business with that concept? Did you adapt it, adopt it during sometime during the comp? How did you? When did you decide to do this, and I guess how long have you been doing it, where you have this concierge model? Well, we began really as a more traditional CPA firm, uh, doing a lot of income tax and some audit, certified audits, and uh, the other uh, CPA-type things. And then, oh, 10 or 15 years into that, I got to thinking, gee, it's kind of, uh, I love all these clients, but I only get to see them once a year. They, I hand them sometimes bad news in the form of a tax return, and, and then they're, you know, not, and they have to go off and kind of, you know, live with that bad news. And I'd like to see them more. I'd like to do more for them. I'd like to be more involved. And so we had this uh, concept at the time, which was fairly brand new, and that was called uh, financial planning. A lot of people thought they could get in that field. Um, 
you know, uh, life insurance people and a lot of others. But we thought, well, we're already doing the tax. We're already doing some estate planning. Um, it's a small step to go into the full full bore mode of, of doing just about everything for the client. And so we went out and got our credentials and registered with the SEC so we could do investment advice and, and uh, began to branch out. And now we have a, a large number of families that, that use um, us really for, for a, maybe five or six different services, um, including a family office uh, component, which we, which we uh, provide uh, if a client doesn't want to pay bills or doesn't want to uh, do anything financial on their own at their, at their home or office, then we'll do it for them. And uh, that, uh, that really was the basis for our, uh, for our firm as it stands now. That's very interesting. You know, uh, we're going to talk about the family office concept when we get back, but we're going to take a short commercial break here on Critical Mass radio show. So, Conrad, I'd just like you to think about, um, actually, I'd like you to talk a little bit. I know that we, you're an author of a book. The title mm -hmm. is Delayed Legacy. Yes, and, sir. And I'd like to have you explain your book to our audience a little bit when we return from this commercial break. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We'll be back in three minutes after these commercial words from our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com. Or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession-strategies.com. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results, a cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. 
Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast, and I am your host, Rick Franzi. We would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 10,000 shows over the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued support. All of our program files can be found on our website, which is criticalmassforbusiness.com. And you can also find them and rebroadcast them anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, today our featured guest, is Conrad Netting, and he has his firm, which has been around for several decades in beautiful San Antonio, Netting and Pace CPAs Incorporated. Before the break, Conrad, I, I said I want you to talk about the book that you've authored with the title, The Laid Legacy. Can you share the inspiration for the book and sort of the content of the book with our audience? Sure, I, I'd be glad to. It was a most unusual a series of events that led to that book, and and mostly people don't think CPAs write particularly well, so uh, it was a challenge, to say the least. Um, but it came about, um, um, really, I have to start um, even before I was born. My dad was a uh, fighter pilot in World War II. Uh, he flew Mustangs over Germany and, and France during the early uh, or the middle stages of the war in 1944. Um, he uh, was shot down one day and killed, and I was born six weeks later. So, of course, I never knew him. Uh, but my mother uh, would refer to him very lovingly over the, over the years. Uh, but it, it, we never really, um, you know, sat down, of course, in my younger years, never sat down and had a much of a, a talk about that, or particularly their relationship. But after she died, and this is in the early 1990s, we cleaned out a, a garage, and there uh, was a footlocker, which I had seen, uh, oh, for years and years and years in, in there, and never thought that what might be in it. So one day we opened it up, and lo and behold, there are all their love letters uh, for the for, during the war years. Uh, this is now 50 years after the war. All their love letters, uh, his uh, flight uniform, his um, medals, his flight log, his uh, shower shoes, his notepad, um, everything that he had with him when he died was in that uh, box along with those uh, uh, many, many letters. I think upwards of maybe almost 2,000 letters. So this was quite a, a revelation, as you can imagine, and so we uh, decided that maybe I needed to read those letters and put them in order and then read through them and, of course, looked at the flight log and tried to see what was going on uh, in his life. We knew nothing about uh, how he died or where he died or what the circumstances were of that, uh, of that event. So I did that and uh, was just really introduced uh, to my dad. I'd never, of course, known him, but this was like um, he, it's like he was writing all those letters to me almost. Then a few years went by, and I found the um, wingman who had been uh, flying beh uh, along and beside him on the day he died. 
and found him in Florida, my son uh, at the time about 16 years old, and I went over there, interviewed him, and, and we thought, well, silent generation, but no, he was very talkative and actually in his now 80s was, I think, ready to talk about this. And so we found out that my dad had been uh, strafing a um, convoy of German uh, fuel trucks. Uh, they exploded. Uh, his plane pulled out of the dive and clipped a tree, and he was killed in, the, in a nearby forest. So that was uh, added to the story, as you can imagine. And then five or six years after that, we got a letter from a, per a man in France. Uh, you know, don't know anybody in France, but this man found us on the Internet and said that he had been a youngster, maybe 10 or 11 years old, um, and playing in his backyard in Normandy during the war and saw my dad's plane crash. Wow. And if that wasn't um, an aha moment, then the next sentence really just uh, just uh, froze us in our tracks. He said that his father, who must have been about 50 at that time, uh, made the casket uh, to bury my dad in that night in their uh, local cemetery. So... All of this was news to us. We were just stunned by it. They had invited us to come over and dedicate a memorial to my dad in this little tiny village of maybe 300 people. Um, and we went over, well, all my kids and, and uh, their spouses went over, and um, it was a, a marvelous event. Uh, all the people came. There must have been, oh, four, three or 400 people there. The mayor came. The council, uh, the congressman from Paris came. We dedicated the memorial. So on the way back, uh, flying over back home, my wife said, you know, this is a book. It, it reads like mm -hmm. a novel. It could be a book, and it would be wonderful, and people would really like to read it. And I said, great, who are we going to get to write it? <laughs> she said, well, you're going to write it. You're the one that has to write it. You're the only one that can write it with the, uh, with the emotion and the feeling that, uh, that, we, that it needs. And so that's how Delayed Legacy was born. So if someone would, what a marvelous story, and it, it's like a movie as you kind of, it's almost yes. too fantastic to believe that real life would, would present you with all that kind of closure for right. this situation. Yes. Yes, exactly, and and we, you know, fantasized uh, here and there about oh, you know, who would play my dad, who would play my mother, and all that. But it, it'd probably be a difficult story to film because of the of the fifty year gap in between. But uh, you know, somebody could figure that out, and it would be a, a lot of fun to uh, to see how they do it. Can you, is the book available for sale? Oh yeah. Yes, sir. It's on Amazon, and um, uh, they can Google, uh, or not Google, they can uh, go online to DelayedLegacy.com, and um, if they will send me a, um, uh, the uh, form that's on there, and my address is on there and so forth, uh, then I'll send them an autograph book. How did you come up with the title? That's very interesting. I, um, I think I have some, my mother was a very creative person. She, I should mention that after my dad's death, she uh, pulled herself up by her bootstraps, went out, got a job uh, here in San Antonio, and was um, engaged by a firm to launch a brand new product that they had. And it had just been, in fact, uh, developed, invented, whatever, uh, and it was a skin lotion product. And so she said, I don't know anything about marketing, but I'll give it a whirl. And she must have been very successful because that product is now known as Lubriderm Lotion. So I love that. that yeah, well, everybody does. Everybody has quarts of it in their house. And, and that product began here in 1946, and she was the person that was in, um, take, took responsibility for, for launching it. 
So um, anyway, it was um, it was an interesting way to, to to title the book because I was thinking of all these titles and and I wrote would type them in and then you know bring it come back a week later, a day later, an hour later and say, well, no, how about this? And and so somewhere I have that list of names that I did not select and then it just uh, made its way down to delayed legacy, which seemed to capture um, exactly what this was. Wow, interesting story. I'm glad that Peter Broiler, who's our Renaissance Executive Forum's partner in San Antonio, who brings us such interesting guests on a consistent basis here for the Critical Mass Radio Show, uh, made sure to make a note for me to ask you about your book. That's a fascinating story. I'm very proud of you for writing that book as well. I, I, I guess, final question, 2,000 letters you uncovered? I mean, that's a, yes, that's a daunting amount of, I mean, they must have truly had just such a strong relationship that would compel you to you know put take that much time and put that much energy into writing yeah, letters they, back they did and and it was really uh, another era of course there was no email there was no t- long distance phone calls to speak of and if you had it you couldn't afford it um and and so letters was it um and and they would write each other each person would write each day and so uh, over the course of say early or mid 1942 until he died in 1944 that's whatever, 700, 800, you know, um, days, and they were together very little of that time, maybe a grand total of a month altogether. Um, and so the rest of the time they were writing letters uh, to a day for, you know, seven, 800 days, and, and it gets there pretty quick. Wow. Okay. Let's let's bring it back because we just have about five minutes left here on the program, and, and I, okay. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the business climate. You know, you with the family business arm and the and the CPA and I'm sure in the CPA services you offer tax and bookkeeping and auditing and the, and what I would expect a full service uh, CPA firm to, to offer in addition to the the family business element. What is your sense as a trusted advisor for the businesses that you support in your community for how the economy and your your clients are responding to what I hope to hear from you is a gradually improving economy across many industries that you support it is improving uh, we are very blessed down here in san antonio to not uh, be dependent on any one particular industry uh, we have a um, a toyota plant so we manufacture all the to- all the toyota trucks that are made uh, that are sold in america or sold or manufactured right here we have the tourist industry that you talked about uh, we have a, a, an enormous medical uh, industry and and attached to that of course is the is two university systems that support those uh, those institutions uh, we also have a big number of uh, call centers, uh, the 800 numbers that you might call. Those are uh, those. A lot of those are located here, as well as uh, three uh, military bases. We have two Air Force bases and one um, Army base, now called a Joint Base, and so uh, it's very diversified. But on the other hand, we never really lost much momentum during the uh, during the uh, 2008 era uh, because we are just not as susceptible to uh, as many any of the industries that were hurt by that during that time. And so we didn't go down as far and therefore didn't have as far to come back. 
So we're very blessed with a constant um, uh, uh, but, but improving um, economy down here, and that has found its way into our clientele. We really we don't do audits uh, per se. We, are, uh, we do some biz work for businesses, but primarily we work with high net worth families who would rather um, do anything with their time except worry about their money, and so they pay us to, to do that worrying. So we take the financial uh, stress stress out of our clients' lives, and they trust us to do that and do that well. You know, that's an interesting, um, opens up one last question that I have for you. You keep everything, you, you say something, it makes me want to ask you another question, so I uh, hope you don't mind, but... Um, no, no. Yeah, in working with CEOs and business owners and family-owned businesses, I find sometimes they are overly invested in their own firm to the detriment of their own personal financial position. You know what I mean? It's almost like they make a decision to bet on themselves, so so much of their available capital they plow back into the business, and so much of their net worth sometimes can be tied up in the business and the building that they own and you know related expenses. In your role as their, you know, their financial advisor, their CPA, their their family. Um, mm-hmm. How do you help them to realize, or do you need to help them to realize that they would that they should look at diversification and maybe get put a little bit of weight outside of their own, you know, businesses? Well, yes, uh, we do that uh, routinely. Uh, we've had people uh, from uh, Arkansas that have enormous portfolios of Walmart stock, and they say, "Look, it's been a great friend to me over the years, and and you know, I think I need to keep it." And I'll say Walmart's a wonderful company, but are you prepared to devote, you know, your basically your life to uh, figuring out whether they're going to continue to be a great company or not? Uh, and if not, then we need to pare it down. We our portfolios typically are no more than 10% concentrated in any one particular stock, so uh, we always diversify away from that. You know, and then I, I, I if I'm uh, if the client can, continues to maybe protest a little bit, I said it's almost like Russian roulette. You can have say 50 stocks in your portfolio and um, uh, the, consider that to be the uh, the uh, the Russian roulette part and so if one of them uh, goes broke uh, then what have you got you've lost you know two percent of your portfolio or even more if you have fewer stocks and they say yeah but these are all great companies they're not going anywhere and then I trot out a list of companies that have been great but aren't with us anymore any number of banks any number of airlines uh, Wang labs you just you know all the banks that went broke uh, you know you just can't assume that th- uh, IBM uh, lost what, a huge amount of its port, uh, of its value in one day in the 1980s. AT&T goes broke. General Motors goes you know goes to the government. So how can you tell me that your stocks are absolutely the ones that are gonna that are gonna survive? So with uh, I say basically you're spinning the chamber on the on the pistol, and one one of these days you might hit the bullet. Yeah, that's that's a great point because anytime you look at previous lists of the largest companies in the country or or big industrial names from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, even the 60s and the 70s, you're right. It's amazing how many of them later generations don't even recognize because they're, they're yeah. no longer yeah. in existence. Size does yeah, not guarantee at- that you're going to be around. No, look at Kodak, more recently Kodak, for heaven's sakes, or or uh, any of these ones that were just booming co- uh, companies in their own technological uh, um, era, and then technology overwhelms them, bypasses them, and and they're basically uh, selling off their patents and and shutting down the doors. Um, 
so anyway, uh, we've had uh, uh, positions in Walmart as well as any number of banks as, as well as many others too, and uh, we um, we pretty are pretty forceful about getting diversification uh, uh, done and, and done pretty quickly. So, if someone would like to learn more about you, your order, your firm, and all then also your book, how do you recommend they? do that online. What's your website? Our website is nettingpace.com. That's all one word, nettingpace.com. Uh, and on there is all of our um, our, our services, uh, some stories. We have some resources on there that are helpful to people looking for tax, uh, some advice or uh, planning advice or tax advice. Um, uh, the, also, as I mentioned, my book website is Delayed Legacy. Dot com, all one word, delayedlegacy.com. And on there is an order form for the book, uh, as well as a bunch of other information about the book. Um, and uh, uh, the price is listed there and so forth. And I'd be happy to fill, uh, fill orders from that source. Um, and again, as I said, it's on Amazon, but of course I can't, um, I can't autograph those books. No, of course. And netting is spelled N-E-T-T-I-N-G? That's correct. And pace is P-A-C-E? Correct. Okay. All right. Well, Conrad, thank you for being a friend of the program and sharing your personal and professional story with us. It was uh, very interesting, and I'm glad that you're a part of our community here at Critical Mass and Renaissance Executive Forums. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up this episode of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I'd like to thank our engineer from today, who is Paul Roberts, and our producer, Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager is Asia Celestino. And I am your host, Rick Franzi. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show, business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.